You ready? Oh, I've been running. I'm just doing this to annoy you. Hi, friends. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond Sunday, Joel and Rob's podcast, where we are currently exploring the top five regrets of the dying. We are on regret number four. Four. But before that, you came prepared today. I did come prepared today. And I've come with an iconic theme song. Okay. You will know this theme song in under a second. Okay. We haven't played it. But before. I'm not sure really if if you watch the show. It wasn't a great show. I mean, it's an iconic show. Everybody's aware of the show. Can you give me uh, genre? 70s. Hmm. Black and white. A movie, maybe even two movies, have been made mm. in reference to the show, sharing the show's exact title. Actually, same characters, same everything. Charlie's Angels. <laughs> no. Okay. Completely wrong genre. It'd be awesome. Was Charlie's I... Angels in black and white? Maybe no, it wasn't was. actually. That'd be awesome if I if I got it. <laughs> That would be cool. Without even no, this playing is, it. This is, not a, this is not a serious show by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. But two movies came from it. One, definitely. Maybe the second is like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Black and white. I sure as heck haven't seen the movies. But some people have, obviously. Okay. Let's go. Let's... And animated movies, too. And I I honestly have watched this half a dozen times, top. Yeah, but you know the themes, man. Oh, yeah. My kids, this was at a Halloween party over the weekend, and they were watching the new animated version. I saw it for a second, and uh, it looked pretty good. It looked cool. It looked good, and it looked, it looked funny. But I never, I don't know, I never got into it. I did see the version, so we're looking we're back to the 90s with Christina Ricci. I think that was it. She, that was the movie I was thinking of, and I she thought they played the second one. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know her name. Well, I mean, it's a great theme song. It's iconic. Everybody knows it. Yeah. But it's not a really a TV show altogether worth celebrating. No. But that's okay because we're not here to celebrate TV shows. We're here to celebrate their theme songs. That's true. That's right? true. We really don't care about the shows. Not too challenging, though, today. Um, no. No, I, no. You know why? I because like to challenge you. There's, you do. And there are so many still great... I love that, that it does. Um, There are still so many iconic theme songs that we haven't haven't touched. Partially because they are so iconic and so easy that you're going to get them just boom. Like Happy Days is one we avoided for a long time, right? Because (laughs) the first lyrics are Happy Days, right? (laughs) Not challenging at all. That's one of the most iconic of all time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. 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 Have we done Brady Bunch? Like, that's another one. No. So iconic. It's just too, it's just too obvious. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I am now in a place of wanting to challenge you. Yeah. You know, well, that, you, that's you've gotten me two times in a row. I know. I know. And I'm yeah. pretty proud of myself for that. Well, I have a weak spot, and you found it. 70s. Yeah. I was born in the 70s. Yeah. But I don't I don't really... That's a, that's a weak spot for me. Yeah, but I tried to pick a couple that were... Um, in syndication in the 80s. So you you had the opportunity. Yeah. You, if you had watched more television, as you should have. You as know. I should have. Damn straight. <laughs> so we're in regret number four. Yes. In this book. Today's regret is, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. So Bronnie describes, um, uh, describes a relationship she had with Doris, mm -hmm. nearing the end of her life, is living in an assisted living facility. Um, so I'm, her her spouse is not with her anymore. Her daughter lives in Japan, not even you know, not even in the same country, um, and she is incredibly lonely. Um, lost touch with a lot of her friends. I'm guessing some of her friends that she was in touch with had had probably recently died. Um, and she doesn't have that companionship uh, anymore. And so that's kind of the focus of their relationship mm -hmm. is Doris expressing that to Bronnie. And then yeah. Bronnie um, saying, okay, let's, let's, let's get in touch. Let's, let's get in touch with them. Tell me four or five people and I'm going to reach out. And she... A couple of them have already died, I think, mm -hmm. but she ends up having some conversations with two or three of them that are incredibly meaningful, meaningful for Doris and for the other person. Um, and she describes Doris uh, during her last moments um, in much more peace than she was before. Amen. Because she'd had those conversations. Yeah. So she makes a couple good points, uh, I thought. She, she talks about this misled belief, she says, that if you, if you keep people out in your life, you keep the pain out. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, that there is often conflict and stress in relationships, and that can, that can get you to the point where you start to just push away from people. Right. Um, and and make that kind of jump. If I keep people away, then I'm going to keep uncomfortable feelings. Or away. even if you don't keep the people away, you keep the intimacy of a really close connection away. Yes. Yeah. And that was the second point I was going to bring oh, up. Oh, sorry. No, okay. you you got it right there. She said <sighs> she describes loneliness in in this way. It, you can still be around people. You could still be at kind of social gatherings, she says, and still be an incredibly lonely person. So she says, loneliness is not having people around you who understand you and accept you. And I thought that was profound. And that kind of gets into some of the previous regrets mm -hmm. of um, uh, the first one of, what was, what was the phrase of the first one? Um, the courage to, uh, what was it? Know who I 
I, I want to get it right. Sorry. True to who you are. True to myself. Thank you. Yep. The courage to live a life true to myself. And then also what we talked about last week, which was expressing feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, I think both of those are, are wrapped up in this idea yeah. of people that understand you and accept you. There's a trail through all of these so far. Mm-hmm. And kind of spoiler alert, it will continue. Um, that if I had if I had to summarize it in one word, it would be authentic. Mm. Yeah. You know, these yeah. regrets ultimately, ultimately, I think, revolve around simply not being authentic. Authentically who you are, yeah. authentically owning your own emotions, um, authentic, authentically living into the priorities you want to live into via relationships versus jobs versus societal demands, you know, uh, uh, and and maintaining your relationships with your friends is is a big piece of that. Um, we were talking about this before. It it's it's. You know, we've all done it, and I certainly have friends that I miss and that I regret losing touch with. Social media, in some ways, makes it easy to stay at least somewhat connected, but I do think that there's a loss of that intimacy amid even a social media connection, a lot, a loss of authenticity and intimacy amid that, um, because you tend to really only see what people want lots of people to see about them. Uh, not the good, meaty, authentic stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that word, authenticity. I think that you you nailed it right there. Um, uh, this is he's, he's an author, Bill Plotkin. He says he says part of being growing into adulthood is learning how to be truly authentic, and at the same time, to be socially accepted. Mm. But the rub is to. To be authentic means you can at times not be socially accepted. To be socially accepted means at times you cannot be truly authentic with yourself. And so he says to be to be an adult, to grow into being an actual adult, and by adult he does not mean a certain age. Right. He means a certain, uh, you could say, uh, place of being, a psychological place of being, Mm -hmm. is that you need to work on both of those simultaneously. How 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 am I authentic to my to myself at the same time also letting that converge with being socially accepted? Mm Because they both can they just kind of Well and being willing to prioritize one over the other, in my opinion. I'll I would prefer to be authentic than socially accepted. Yes. But there's right. still a need to be socially accepted. Oh, we all have that need. Exactly. To, to be known and to be accepted. So how do you do... As you as Bronnie defines loneliness. Both of those at the yeah. same time it's is, great, is great the challenging work of growing into adulthood, I think. Yeah. Um, so we were having a conversation before this um, with Allison, who's who's with us right now. And how, Hi, Allison. Hi, everyone. And how this is... This, this is something that this this regret resonates with me, and I, I could see myself 
voicing it during my last final years. I wish I'd kept in close contact with Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it, talked to him in 30 years. Thank yeah. God I don't talk to him anymore. But also... Allison resonated too, which I appreciated her saying this. This is something that she already thinks about and could struggle with um, as well. Because um, I I see this, and this is I'm just I'm just looking at it from a place of being a, a male that this is something that that men deal with uh, resoundly. Um, that this is this is. Uh, <clears throat> this is something that a lot of men deal with at, at the end of their lives. I think, I think as a gender, and this is very prototypical, stereotypical, owning all of that. Yeah. But this is not specific to individuals. This is just, you know, the stereotype that does ring true in a it lot says, of cases. Yeah. Is that men are much poorer, <laughs> much, uh, much worse at keeping close relationships. Yeah. Um, Especially long term and across distance, men tend to be more focused on the immediate. Yeah, uh, women are much better at that. It's what we were talking about, um, but that doesn't mean that it's not a burden for men. And just because women are better at it doesn't mean that it's not a real burden for women. Well, and Bronnie chose a woman, a woman. in this story, mm -hmm. which I thought mm -hmm. was helpful. Um, uh, and again, we're, we're, when you say close relationships, we're talking about to be understood and accepted. Yeah. It's more than it's more than just kind of shooting the breeze. Hey, yeah. how you doing? It's 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 to be known. Yeah. So this morning, as I was driving in, I was thinking about this regret. And a couple of years ago, one Saturday, driving the kids home, um, threw on NPR, and you ever listen to Hidden Brain? Occasionally, what's the Hidden Brain? One of NPR shows, really good. And they uh, had one. I'm more. On, wait, wait, don't tell me. Yeah, that one's good too. That's a good one. But they had one on, and I looked it up. It was called "How American Masculinity Creates Lonely Men." <clears throat> oh my gosh! And they were talking about how, to wow. um, especially for men that were widowers. Who, who, who really their only close relationship was their wife. That when their, if their wife died before them, they more often than not went into a serious depression because they did not have the relationships. And they just made the point that this is, again, a generalization, but from their data that they had, that they had found, for the most part, it, um, if it was the opposite, if if the husband had died first, the woman, the the wife had more relationships to sustain her during that during that time, and so they talked about mm. the, the cultural messages that are given to men, um, specifically in America. That being needing others is a sign of weakness. Right? Oh gosh. And then being vulnerable is unmanly. And so I started listening to it and we got home and it was like the, I just kind of the last 10 minutes of the drive and the kids went inside and I stayed in the car for the next 40 minutes listening to it because it was fascinating. And I knew 
it was kind of true. Like I could just tell, yeah, oh gosh, yes, this is this is true, and I need to listen to that. Um, oh yeah, society lifts up this false ideal of independence so um, powerfully. Uh, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, right? I mean, it's just not the way we're built. We're not built to be independent. I mean, when we truly, if we truly try to live independent lives, we will break. Well, we're already broken, but we'll break even more, <laughs> right? Because we're created to 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 need yeah. others. We're created to be interdependent. Um, and yet, there yeah. is this kind of societal ideal of independence, and especially, especially. Societal understandings of masculinity uh, mm -hmm. call for the tough, oh, not just independence, but but you're right, the 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 unvulnerable, yeah, if that's even a word, you know, just I will not face my vulnerability. I'm not going to to recognize it. Well, again, her definition of loneliness not not having people around you who understand you and accept you. I think that is yeah. Uh, a great way to look at it, um, to be understood by someone, to actually share really who you are, not just, yeah, not just. Let's talk about the game on, yeah. on Sunday, which I love doing. With oh, people. Yeah. oh yeah, love doing it with you. We do it all the time, but actually getting to some of the more real stuff. Yeah, that's underneath that. She also does a great job of lifting up, you know, um, Doris. Uh, it begins with Doris acknowledging that her daughter has, you know, a parent's job is to raise their children so that they can go and live full lives of their own. So it, this is also not, um, uh, this is not a, a, you know, kind of a family dependent kind of relationship. It, this is intentional in, mm -hmm. in expanding yourself beyond your, your most immediate family connections yeah. so that you're not just dependent on them, mm -hmm. whether you're a woman or a man. Um, and then also, I, and I love the example that she does with the four, with the reaching out to the four friends. It's, it signals that it's never too late, yeah. right? It's never too late to build intimate relationships. Um, and it's never too late to reconnect with those with whom you once shared yeah. an intimate relationship. And intimate as far as being vulnerable with each other and sharing your authentic self yeah. with, with another. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and the importance of that, whether you're, you know, uh, 15, 25, 35, 55, 75, 95. Well, what Doris does um, really well is she shares her authentic self with Bronnie. Bronnie walks into the room, gives her just a compassionate kind of smile. Yeah. And Doris sees that and breaks down in tears and shares how lonely she is, which leads to this eventual conversation about wanting to connect with friends she hasn't connected with mm -hmm. in so long. So Bronnie offers that space for her, and then Doris... Walks through that door. Yeah. She ta she has the courage to say, I am really lonely right now. Um, so um, it it took Doris kind of being, yeah. being, being willing to take a step out in faith yeah. and yeah. share her authentic self. 
So for us as disciples, friends, I mean, the gospel in this is, is, is fullness of life, again, is found in interdependence. It's found in relationships. It's found in community. Yeah. And an intentional willingness, because you have to be intentional in this, um, to share your authentic self, who you truly are, and also to accept other people's authentic selves and mm-hmm. who they truly are. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a two-way street, right? It's not everybody else's job to accept you while you can continue to hold, you know, whatever, while we can continue continue to hold whatever judgments we choose, choose to. Um, and this is also not a statement that you have to pursue an intimate relationship, you know, a, a vulnerable relationship with everybody. But, but that fullness of life is found there. It's one of the best parts of being a part of a church Amen. is that you are in relationship with people that you never would have been in relationship with. I had this mm-hmm. conversation with someone from TPC this past week who shared that. He said, uh, being on a, a committee, they have been in contact and relationship with people that they never would have been in relationship with because they would have only been hanging out with people that are in their generation. Mm-hmm. It's one of the gifts of being a part of a community of faith. Amen. Um, and uh, I had I've talked about with her uh, to you my previ- my seminary intern pastor Beth Sabinski. She said, um, being a part of church, you you get more joy. You're a part of baptisms and celebrations, community, and you also get more sadness because you're a part of. Memorial services and funerals, you have both of them. But that's what comes with engaging in relationships in a deeper sense, especially within a church. Amen. You get more of all of that. You do. More highs and more lows. Yep. Uh, more um, more support, hopefully. Yeah. And also, Here's another one. When when things are really, really rocking in that church, probably also more accountability, right? Because that's the yeah. other thing that happens in these kind of meaningful, vulnerable relationships is that the people who really know you, who really love you, um, can actually help you when you need to be called out on something. Like, you don't, you don't see in yourself what's going on. Mm. You know, there's there's... There's accountability there too that we all need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and y- you know, it's just it, it's fuller life. It's the life God intends. A life lived in community with love. You know. Yep, and grace and forgiveness. So keep in touch. It's not too late. Reach out to friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we'll end with that. Uh, we just just finished up our two week in person. Uh, thinking about your memorial service. And that was the question that I left them with for this regret. Who who might you reach out to this week? Who is uh, on your heart and your mind? Um, and it would be good to reach out and say hello. Thanks for being with us, everybody. We'll be back next week for regret number five. We'll see you soon.